The Urban Broadcast Collective brings together the best podcasts on cities and urban life. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Sound Minds Radio. Tune in each week. Listen, podcast, or stream this program from the team at soundminds.com.au. Sound Minds Radio. Getting behind the research, ideas, and trends in contemporary life. This program presented by Dallas Rogers. Biggest natural disaster in Nepal in almost a century has destroyed ancient and historic temples and monuments and killed upwards of 2,000 people. The earthquake has left Nepalese people reeling in fear and shock. It plays out like a movie in my head now. Um, It's a few weeks afterwards. It's like an apocalypse movie. Um, Suddenly, Changju started crying and wailing, really, and Temba turned around to Dawa and said to him, Langtang is gone, everybody's dead. So it's like both that hostility of the mountain, which suddenly seemed intent on killing us, and then this selflessness of the local people who must have saved our lives about 50 times over and over and over again. Today, a sombre story about doing field work in Nepal when an earthquake strikes. On the 25th of April, a 7.8 magnitude earthquake hit Nepal, with its epicenter just west of Kathmandu. When the earthquake hit, Haley Saul and Emma Waterton were doing field work in the Langtang Valley. They were recording local oral histories, and they were interested in how these stories were written into the Himalayan landscape. Little did they know that after the earthquake hit, this local landscape knowledge would save their lives. I'm speaking with Emma and Haley about doing research in the Langtang region, reading the Himalayan landscape, and the everyday Nepalese hero. My name's Emma Waterton. I'm an associate professor in the Geographies of Heritage at the University of Western Sydney. My name is Hayley Saul. Uh, I'm a researcher from the UK at the University of York. And about five years ago, I set up a project called the Himalayan Exploration and Archaeological Research Team, um, HART, which is sort of joint scientific humanitarian venture. So we work with the um, charities Community Action Nepal, which is a UK and Kathmandu-based NGO, and also the Australian Himalayan Foundation in Australia. And the idea is that as a research group, HART goes out to Nepal, particularly in the rural Himalayas, and generates archaeological and heritage data sets. As archaeologists and heritage researchers, Emma and Haley are interested in working alongside rural communities on research projects that have meaning for local people. And so in Langton, we actually got involved because of the monastery restoration work. That's continued. We've just that was a really great window into local attitudes to the past and heritage, and um, we wanted to continue that outwards into sort of the landscape and how 
things like magic and uh, religious there's religious places within the landscape that we could tap into and get some folklore and oral histories about so the last year um, 2015 the last season of field work was spent doing very personalized tours um, with a few of the local people who just took us to all their special places in the valley and told us all about what their grandfathers had explained to them about the, the their past and their history um, since they were children. Emma and Haley begin their field work by first establishing what local understandings of heritage might be. And they use these understandings to guide their projects. Research that we're doing in the Himalayas is done very much sort of using anthropological and ethnographic methods. So um, we, we participate basically in everyday activities in the Himalayas. Um, we're interested in the, the values that local pe people approach the past with, so how those, how local notions of heritage um, are generated, how people really engage in a material sense with the past as well, through particular projects like the Langtang Monastery project. When the earthquake hits, uh, Langtang is sighted because of a holy mountain called Langtang of the Rum and that's it's like over 7,000 meters tall and when the earthquake hit a massive piece of the glacier had, had come away the trees on the opposite side of the valley were bent flat and stripped of their bark because the impact of the, the force of the blast mm. was so huge. What started out as field work and recording people's stories and their relationship to the landscape turned out to be one of the very things that would save Emma and Haley's life both during and after the earthquake. Their local guides walked them out of the valley over the next two days. And it was their guides knowledge of old trade routes, the way they listened to the landscape to anticipate how it might behave that was crucial to the group's survival in the days that followed. Um, they were calling to some of the locals who had gone ahead to try and find the path. And so they were kind of navigating through the fog, really. Um, by sound. Just by sound. It was amazing. Calling out with their voices. Yeah, yeah just, just calling, making a sound, listening for the sound coming back so they knew which direction to go in. And that was how they were navigating through the, through the mountains. There was no path left. But, um, and the people that had gone ahead so fast, like, we, we knew that... The, the guys that had stayed with us could easily have gone that fast and could easily have left mm. us behind, but, but you could tell from everything that they were doing that they had no intention of leaving us at all. And these were all, there were three, three um, young men with us, weren't they? All, all in their 20s, I would say. Yeah. Dower stayed with us the whole time, and these two, two brothers from Lama Hotel, who more or less took it in turns holding one of one of our hands, didn't they each? And then they'd mm. swap and pull. And if the path got really, really tricky, they'd say, you sit here for one minute and I'll jump down and see what's the best way. And they'd, then they'd come back and say, okay, this is the way, hold your hands and help you down these tricky bits. While the mainstream media was turning to the stories of the mountaineers on Everest, in the Langtang Valley, it was the everyday acts of heroism that were getting Emma and Haley and many more locals to safety. We weren't on a path at this point. We were like clinging to the edge of the mountain and it wasn't the best place to decision make. And, and that decision as well, there were sev several times where the decision making 
um, is so important. It's a go one way or go the other way, but one direction will probably kill you. There was definitely occasions where people chose to go a different direction to we did, and they did in fact die. So it did come down to making the right call. And we were aware at that point that we, any decision we made could be very final. So we were hesitating on this landslide and started to follow the, the international trekkers back. But then Dower, who was one of our guides, just said, no, you're going this way. We can do it. We know the way. So we were like, right, fine. Using their knowledge of the landscape, Emma and Haley's local friends guided them to a safe evacuation point over a tough two days. All the time they were helping them, their guides knew nothing about the safety of their own families. Um, and we couldn't believe it. I mean, it was just after all of that and after them literally giving everything to, to help us survive and um, just that, that really horrific situation that we'd all had to go through and we'd all been through together and feeling like we'd made it and we were safe and then it got and far far worse it got far far worse for them and Changju was completely inconsolable she just kept sort of screaming about her brothers and her sisters she had everybody has huge extended families I mean the whole valley considers everybody to be an extended family Reflecting on their experiences, Emma and Haley have started to critically reflect on what it means to be a hero in a natural disaster. Heroism, it doesn't feel like the right word because you do have that association of heroes with um, the, the singular individual that saves everybody, but it is these really subtle lo local interpretations of what it means to be a hero. And, and I think that's been really overlooked. Everybody that we met, um, the villagers that gave us a cup of tea in Sherpa Gaon, the people that held our mm. hands up, up the side of the mountain, um, everybody is just quietly... Yes, very quietly. Quietly extending kindness and generosity. And naturally. There's no... I can't even imagine they could even have conceived of doing it differently. You know, it was just no question that they would very calmly and generously help us across. And it's something that we have observed even before the earthquake in, in that village, that the um, sense of care and community that is generated through, through things that usually happen at the monastery, but not just at the monastery, I mean, um, the fact that food is shared out so that everybody has enough to eat and elderly people are cared for um, and uh, everyone's sort of visits their, their friends and extended family and relatives and, um, and make sure that they're okay and they've got everything that they need all the time and helps them collect firewood if they are too elderly to collect their own and things like that. that. That sort of quiet generosity that is so easily overlooked really comes to the fore and never wavers even in the situation that we found ourselves in. Emma and Haley tell me that it's the little acts that men, women and children participate in on a daily basis that makes the people of the Langtang Valley heroes. 
and it takes a community that cares for each other for these little acts of heroism to take place. There's examples of incredible heroism. There was a child with a disability who watched his entire family die around him. His mother was lying at his feet and he was stuck because he, he couldn't get out. He was trapped by some rocks. And so he lay there um, just aware of his whole family around him. He was there for um, until the day after the earthquake when somebody from Kenjingonpo, which is a village further up the valley, came and saw him um, and said he couldn't get him out. So he said, I'll come back with some people. But because the valley was so dangerous, this boy couldn't get back with any, any helpers for about three days. So this kid was lying there with his mother and his father lying at his feet for three days without any water or anything to drink. He had one drink that the kid had managed to leave with him. And, uh, and then this child, three days later, not expecting to find this boy alive, came back to try and save him and, and got him out and got him to Kathmandu. And it's just incredible stories and heroism. Another small child, what was he, about 12, who was... His family had gone up to Kanjingumpa and he decided not to go. He was going to be heading back to boarding school that day and hadn't set off yet. And he was, he'd gone to his uncle's house instead. And his two uncles were in the house and he was there with his younger cousin. I'm not sure if it was a cousin. When the earthquake struck and he managed to get his younger cousin to safety. His aunt who had been, who'd been knocked out, out you know, he, he dragged, was it eight or nine both Langtang locals and trekkers to that one surviving house. If you've looked up the village of Langtang, you'll see one tiny house right under the cliff that, that remains upright. He dragged eight or nine people to that house, this one 12-year-old guy. And I don't he just even know if he was 12. Back. I mean, in this landscape where there's, especially at Langtang, where it's incredibly unstable and and the, the magnitude of things that can happen there is huge. Like the damage that, that the, the landscape around you is, is constantly doing, it's throwing down rock walls and avalanches and things. And he's running around the village, just guiding people to safety. And, and um, it's absolutely incredible. The fear he must have just put to the side just to help those people is just You've been listening to another program from Sound Minds, getting you behind the research, ideas, and trends in contemporary life. Our team of presenters discuss some of the latest thinking behind some of the key issues of our times. Tune in for the next program on Sound Minds Radio. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Sound Minds Radio. Or on our website, soundminds.com.au.